Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, all right, all right. Kevin Carrius from Global Television is going to slide in. i, I got to tell you something here, guys. Uh, a, a listener just uh, tweeted me a link to a story. That, that I think is worth discussing, and I think you'll be interested in this. It's about a uh, minor hockey referee who decided to uh, shut down a game because of uh, abuse. Well, we'll get to that with Kevin. I think that's a good talker as we move along inside sports here on 630 Ched. The Eskimos news today, if you missed it, you can get more on the Ched website. The entire coaching staff back for 2017. Carson Walsh becomes the offensive coordinator. He was the receivers coach and passing game coordinator last season. So Jason Moss remains the head coach, and he uh, gives up that role of being the OC. And of course, the Eskimo schedule came out yesterday. That's on our website as well. Uh, PBR rolling into Rogers Place in November. They had a news conference uh, this morning. It's going to be the PBR Global Cup. So it's a little bit bit different. It's going to be a team event. So it'll be Canada, United States, Brazil, Australia, Mexico, and they're going to have one of these global events in each of those five countries throughout the year. And then uh, the winning country is uh, is the global bull, bull riding champion. So sort of an individual sport, but a team event. I guess you might compare it a little bit to, to a Ryder Cup or, or something like that. I asked uh, Oilers Entertainment Group Vice Chairman Bob Nicholson about bringing big events to Edmonton. What else could this be on the could be on the horizon sports wise? Yeah, you know what? Uh, we've always thrown it out there that we want to be uh, world's best in sport and entertainment, and uh, this is certainly. Um, one that we're uh, going to lead with uh, after hockey, and uh, we're going to look at many more. We're looking at them in the hockey uh, world, what there could be, and uh, you know, we've shown that the people of Edmonton and oil country want to come to this arena to watch hockey, and I think we're going to show that through uh, this other sporting event as, as we have with entertainment. So you wonder what else we could get hockey-wise. Certainly you would think a World Junior Tournament would be on the menu at some point. Last time it was uh, in Alberta, it was co-hosted Edmonton and Calgary. And as I was talking about earlier, I mean, I have, I have found out that it sounds very, very close for an NBA exhibition game involving the Toronto Raptors that would likely, well, would be in October. That's when their preseason is. they got to figure some things out, but that's what's going on there. And they're talking with UFC as well, but uh, I'm not sure if that one is, is quite as close. My name is Reed Wilkins. Kevin Carius from uh, Global Television is here as well. Kevin, good to see you. Good to be here again, Reed. Uh, I, we we got to jump. I, I know we were talking this morning about some of the things we wanted to yeah. hit on because it's been a pretty eventful few sports days. And both today, in Edmonton. I think, and the PBR thing today is huge. Yes. It is. Well, and CFR. 
that's the story. This right. is the massive story today, I believe, in Edmonton sports. So, so what's the overlap? Three days. Well, the whole thing. The whole thing, right. The Basically, whole CBR event, yeah. The CFR starts on the 8th of November. Right. So that's a Wednesday. Runs nightly shows, 8, 9, 10. Double show on 11. Because when they booked the PBR, they didn't think the CFR was going to be there anymore. I don't know if I totally believe that. I mean, it's been October 16th or 20th or whatever was the last, was when it was announced that the CFR was going to remain in Edmonton for 2017 and 2018. So that's six months ago, right? But but this PBR thing was announced earlier. This was just some Not clarification. The dates, the of dates it. weren't announced. Okay. So there you go. Well, you know, so I, I, I think it's a poor thing for Edmonton. I really do. You have two world-class events, basically... I mean, the PBR guys are saying today uh, that they don't compete with rodeo. Mm -hmm. I don't don't understand that. Um, You have the same fans that like both sports. Yes. Uh, Well, they've taken one event of rodeo and and very successfully made made it its own league, basically. But, uh, yeah, the way they present it is... I think it's just sad for Edmonton, I really do, to have both these events at the same time. Well, but again, if people are coming in to watch one, maybe they go to both. Yeah, but that's not the CFR. Like, here's what concerns me, Reed. Like, so if you go to the CFR and you have been coming for 40 years, Mm -hmm. you take your time off. All the farmers come in from all over Alberta and Saskatchewan and whatever, and this is their time to go to the to, to the. Canadian Finals Rodeo, and they go to Farm Fair. That's their time. Right. Where, you know, their schedule is around the CFR as far as what gets done on the farm. Mm-hmm. So to have the same event, um, you know, to have a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I, I think it's a concern. I, and I think there'll be a lot more fallout of this in the next little while. And you look at between the OEG and the PBR, what, how much they are going to promote this event right now? Yes. In the next eight months is going to be crazy. And it's going to be hard for the Canadian Finals Rodeo to um, keep up with that kind of marketing and everything. And let's be honest, there is a hatred between the OVG and the CFR and the CPRA. That's common knowledge. And, and you know what? And almost all of that blame goes on the CPR. Uh, CPRA because the, the OEG gave them a fantastic deal and they thought they were too big for their britches and decided to explore other right. opportunities. Right, so the OEG is going to say, we're going to schedule this when we want and yeah. we're going to use part of the Oilers brand, let's face it, that's evolved in the Oilers rink to yeah. get this out there mm-hmm. and let's see who's uh, who's who's. Well, I, I to be honest with you, I think the OEG is going to have a harder time getting people to the event than they think. Um if they schedule and because it's scheduled on the same weekend, if, I think their their thought process is that some people come to the CFR, maybe they'll go to the Friday night show or whatever, and then they're going to come to ours on the Saturday. But I'm wondering too, Kevin, and, and we'll find out. Yeah, I'm just wondering though if people will go to the PBR event who would never go to the CFR, because let's face it. You and I, I... I agree with you. Yes, you and you and I are both rural guys yep. back to our roots and had at least this... I mean, I was never a rodeo competitor, mm-hmm. but I, I knew about it. I would watch... The, I, we both covered rodeo. Uh, well, I mean, CFR aside, you and I would have covered rodeo firsthand, especially yep, earlier sure. in our careers. Absolutely. Uh, working in smaller, more rural markets. So, 
but we also know that there are, and I, I, I hate to make this an entirely urban-rural issue, but there are probably a lot of Edmontonians who don't know much about rodeo, might still think the events are abusive to animals. I mean, you and I know how well they're treated, but but there are there are injuries to the humans as well. I had Aaron Roy on in the last mm-hmm. half hour of the show who had a broken back. They they might not like the road, but there might be people who say, okay, it's just bull riding. I can understand it. They slick it up. There's The human is in more danger than the animal, so I don't feel like the animal's getting it. I mean, there might be some, some people who just say, okay, I'm going to go check out the PBR. It seems like a slick, high-energy show, but I don't want to sit through the calf roping and the steer wrestling and, and things that I think, uh, I'm speaking for other people here, things, things mm-hmm. they think aren't as uh, electric. Fair enough. That's a fair point. Having said that, there are all the people that go to the CFR, many people want to see all the other events as well. Yeah, well, absolutely. And that's why they go. Uh, I understand why bull riding is the last event, and they keep it that Absolutely. way. Every, I mean, let's <laughs> yeah, be honest. That's the big one. And that's what's uh, sprouted off to the PBR and everything like that. I, I just think that it. I think it's sad that these two events have to be on the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, but again, long term. <laughs> well, <laughs> my opinion in, in long term is if if you look at the CFR basically saying we're going to stay at Northlands Coliseum for two more years 2017 2018 now after that the oeg and the pbr would have three years left on their five-year deal right okay so there's only two years guaranteed to cfr right 2017 2018 and it was going to go to saskatoon right it was going to pretty much had one foot in saskatoon it did yeah and and saskatoon gave uh, they had a great deal too and again the, the people that were in charge of the cpra totally screwed up they they messed this all up. They've been messing it up for a long, long time. There are several key key guys in Edmonton sports scene that just basically pulled the pin on it because they couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. What was going on with the board and everything like that? So that's another whole can of you know. If you got uh, you know Bob Nicholson on, he would be so frustrated talking about it because I mean they made their own bed here. Yes. But having said that, for the OEG to come in and put on the same weekend, I think that's a wrong move. Uh, in the in the big picture for Edmonton. Well, it will be. I mean, you, you you raise a great point. It will be interesting to see what people choose. I, I think the point that we brought up about maybe this maybe the PR PBR attracts a different consumer. Uh, I, I want to see how that plays mm-hmm. out. Uh, it, 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 the one thing about the PBR, and, and even even when I worked in Lloyd, there would be a PBR Canada events there. In the little Lloyd Minster yep. Civic Center, even how they dress that up with the indoor fireworks and putting up a video screen. I mean, PBR has done such a great job of selling itself. So like Absolutely. The, the production and tack the that videos. on with what the OEG is going to be doing. They, they in have, that rink. In that rink. Great rink. I mean, the, the commercials are already on every Oiler game. Yeah. They just haven't had the dates. You know, yeah. coming soon, PBR, yada, yeah. yada, right? So, so. yeah, you, you, you raise a great point. Uh, one texter says to 630, it's the dumbest thing I've heard, two similar events. Sounds like a slap from uh, OEG. Another texter says, hey, boys, I come at this from a different angle. I hate rodeo. I think it's terrible and should not be considered a sport. I think it's horrible for the animals. And as much as the people want to try to profess that it is humane, I dealt that very much. Well, I disagree with that because I, I, I understand it, but... Um, Quite frankly, I, I've seen, and I don't profess to have seen every single rodeo and chuck wagon race that ever existed. I've seen a lot more horses injured in chuck wagon racing mm-hmm. than I have in rodeo, though I have seen it in both. Um, 
but but I, I mean, I, and I'm not. I don't want to sound sarcastic to you, Texter. But if but when you come out and say your first sentence is "I hate rodeo," then the people promoting either the CFR or the PBR are going to say this isn't for you. It's like when people text me and say I hate sports. I'm like, well, then this show isn't isn't for you, right? Like why? why, yeah. why and are again, you listening? like these these all these handlers uh, and whether it be a stock contractor or the Cowboys or whatever, they treat these animals better than you than a lot of human beings are treated and that's fair to say uh unfortunately but that's how well these animals are treated well and and i mean i've you and i both have covered chuck wagon racing as well Forever. and uh i mean i know the the ben's miller family and kurtz won the stand won the rangeland derby a couple yeah. times they're from dewberry alberta and you know kurtz says a lot of those older horses I mean, the chuck wagon horses, a lot of them are ex-thoroughbreds, especially in the World Pro Almost Association. All of them are. And they, w- they might have been destroyed. Yep. Or, or they'd be out on a pasture aging and getting sick. I'd and, say more destroyed than anything. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I know people who, are, who don't follow this are going to laugh, but, but horse people will know that those horses want to run. And they have, to, to the extent that an animal can, they sort of understand the competition mm-hmm. and they want to be out there. Running, so uh, I, I mean, look, I, I again, this the person who texted that's probably yeah. th- thinks we're out of our minds, but I I don't agree that it's inhumane. I understand when you watch um, steer wrestling and you see the steer's neck get twisted yeah, around, and, it looks, it, but it, it looks worse than it is. I think. And you know, the, the bigger and tie down roping is, you know, they changed they the changed name. the name from. So, calf I mean, I understand all that, but <laughs> that doesn't look pretty. The calf roping doesn't look doesn't look pretty. It, it doesn't, but I mean, there's never been a, a you know, the calves they bounce back up, and I mean, I don't know. That's a whole other. I mean, if can the animals were here. getting yeah. killed, they would yeah. have got rid of the. That's event a whole other can ago, of worms right? here. I just I think well, right, just, but, it's unfortunate that these two are on the same. Uh, weekend. All right, uh, Kevin. I, I somebody tweeted me a great story here about a hockey referee that that shut down. Yeah, a I game. was on the wire last night. Yeah, I want I want to get to this uh, when we get back sure. inside sports yep. on Chad. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630. Chad. Thanks for tuning in. Along with Kevin Carius, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched. More on the Eskimos coaching staff news on 630Ched.com. The schedule is there as well. Kevin and I will get to some uh, football-related topics. So, Kevin, you you uh, saw this, I guess, uh, last night. I was just reading it for the first time a few minutes ago. I'll just summarize this for people who haven't seen it. This is from the uh, Saskatoon Star Phoenix. The headline, Saskatchewan minor hockey referee suspended after shutting down game over safety concerns with fans and coach. So basically the gist of it, the 29-year-old ref, this was in Hague, Saskatchewan. Is that a small town? A small town, yeah. I'd be uh, just outside of Saskatoon a little okay. bit. So bantam game between the Hague and Prince Albert Hurricanes. The ref says the Hurricanes fans and coach were verbally abusive throughout the game. One fan was thrown out. He says the coach of the Hurricanes was kicked out for harassing officials. The Hague team, so the home team, called the RCMP. Um, And the uh, general manager of the Hockey Association says the referees didn't file a report. They said they should have taken other measures before cancelling the game, but the ref said uh, the ref's not denying any of this. He called the game with 18 minutes left in the third period. He says, I've been refing long enough to learn. You hear stuff in the stands. You tune a lot of it out. But then he adds, to have a dozen fans and parents yelling at you, that's a little 
over the top. So, and you can text 63630. Did the ref, did the, I mean, to me, I, I think the ref has the right to do that, but it's got to be. No, we weren't there, but it's got to be a nut show for him to do that. It has to be, but the other thing, too, is the whole story in my mind is quite ambiguous. There's way too much information that no one knows about, so it's kind of hard to comment on it, Reid, I think. Um, you'd have well, theoretically, I guess, we almost have to discuss it then. Well, fair enough, but you think about, okay, well, what exactly happened? Well, he, he has his own opinion of it, but then it wasn't written up in the game report. I, I right. would imagine SAHA would have to do a uh, very astute uh, uh, process here to investigate exactly what happened, and then you're going to get the RCMP involved, because that's what it would be in Hague. Uh, right. But, you know, I think there's so much information out there that who knows what happened. Uh, but the small towns, it can get pretty nuts. So I, I, and I never got, I never, when I was reading the wire on, copy on it last night, I never heard what exact, I know it was a bantam, but is that like, it, it could be, and Prince Albert was playing, so that means it would be a traveling Prince Some kind Albert of a team. decent league by the sounds well, of it. Well, it wouldn't be a, like, it, I'm thinking it would be almost like a bantam A league. Okay. Because a team from Hague isn't going to have a uh, high high caliber double oh, A or whatever. Yeah, right. so it's almost like Warman or something like that. Right. So playing playing uh, Prince Albert team. So I'm thinking that Prince Albert team would be made up of uh, players that don't do a lot of travel, but Hague would be in the league. Be close enough close that they would enough. play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, sometimes we talk reference stuff on the show. It's always very interesting. The minor hockey officials, it's its a thankless job. They aren't paid enough, I'm sure. Um, now, but you're right about why wasn't there... I mean, look, if he heard a death threat or a fan yells, I'm going to go out to the truck and get my gun, you idiot ref, yeah, he should shut the game down. But, well, but then he also has to put that in his report. You know, right? the other thing, too, is, I mean, as a referee, one of the first things you would have to do is you'd have to go over... And again, maybe in a small place like Hague, they don't even have a public address system or a timekeeper where... You'd go to that timekeeper and say, um, you know, you are fans are urged not to say this, say that, be on a good conduct, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That would be one of the first things a referee would do, uh, you know, just kind of to quell what's happening. You know, you've seen it in in big league stadiums where the manager comes out in the field, right. stop throwing oh, garbage on the field. Basketball right? happens you all know, the time. Exactly. Yeah. So you know what I mean. So we don't know if that ever happened. So that, again. A lot of stuff's going to be coming out of this in the next little while. Yeah, that's an interesting story to follow for sure. You can text us at 630-630. Seth says, don't argue with the ref. His word is law on the ice. I think he did the right thing. Uh, Ed says, I went to the PBR event in Edmonton a few years ago. It was a complete bust. Not one single bowl was ridden for eight seconds. Sometimes that happens. And uh, the Big L says, uh, although some consider hunting a sport, the animals couldn't shoot back even if they had guns. Lopsided indeed. With rodeo, the animals get more than their fair chance to force their will and strength on the riders and the ropers. That's what makes these events so exciting. Great text to 630-630. More with Kevin when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. There's your quarterback, Mike Riley. 
Free agency in the CFL coming up on Tuesday. That'll be interesting. We'll keep an eye on that for you here on 630 Ched, along with Kevin Carius from Global Television. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 7.33, the only NHL game tonight. As we check your Crystal Glass scoreboard for all your glass needs, visit crystalglass.ca. Chicago and Minnesota 2-2 halfway through the game. The Oil Kings scoreless with swift current. Six minutes left in the first period. The Oil Kings have lost 14 in a row. Raptors tonight up on Minnesota, 74-71. Minnesota clawing back into this one in the third quarter. Five minutes left in that frame. You can text uh, 630-630. Just catch up on a couple here. Uh, Michael says, I think the ref did the right thing. We're talking about a minor hockey referee who shut down a game in Saskatchewan. Uh, Jay says, Reed, I've coached uh, for six years for a house league team. These refs put up with way more than they should. There are way too many idiot fans and parents as well as coaches out there. I think the ref should exercise the option of shutting down games more often. Good for him, although a report should have been written up. Jared says, uh, Reed, in the early 90s, I played in a midget AAA game. Wow, where the refs refused to call the game and left because of a coach. That's a high level of hockey. I, I've got a story, if you got time for it, in, yeah, uh, in junior, where our, uh, our coach pulled us off the, the ice. This was the SJ? This was in the SJHL. It was a game in Estevan. I'm not going to say any names uh, because I don't want to get implicated here, but um, one of the guys that was on the ice now. Uh, he's um, a color analyst in the NHL. Okay. Anyway, the he he didn't do anything wrong here. <clears throat> what happened was the one player from Estevan. I can I'll just say that he there was a little scrum in the corner and he punched one of our players twice in the head really hard and then put his hand under his armpit and skated off the ice as fast as possible and ran down the hallway. Our player got off the ice. And it looked like someone had poured a bucket of blood over his head. We, uh, the coach at the time, the coach's name was Mike Polonich, uh, Dennis Polonich's yeah. brother. Um, the player got to the bench. He got up, skated to the bench. And, I mean, there was a lot of blood. And the trainer kind of toweled him off. And Mike looked at his face. And Mike was a pretty tough guy at the time. And looked at uh, this guy's face and went, Unreal. It had looked like someone take had taken like a knife and jabbed him in around his eyes twice. Mike Plange said everybody to the dressing room. Um, the ref at that time, his name was Brad Howard. I'll never forget it. Okay. He was a ref from Saskatchewan. He came down the tunnel in the old Estevan uh, rink, and uh, Mike Plange grabbed the player and lifted him up in front of the referee and said, "Look at this kid's face." And the look on the ref's face went, "I can't believe this." And uh, the game was called. Uh, no, we never found out what what the guy had in his hand. He had some kind of an object. Well, I I think he had a nail bent around his finger. Really? Yeah, that's what I think it was. Uh, but the game was called, and that was it. So did it get replayed? Did your team get in I trouble? Don't, did the other team honest, get in trouble? No, I think it was just one of those things that uh, the score was what the score was. And it was late, late enough in the game okay. where probably the score wouldn't have changed or whatever, and the leagues didn't have any evidence. Um, it was done. Did the kid that attacked him ever play in the league again? Do you remember the kid? Oh yeah, he played for quite a while. And in fact, I I brought this story up to Bob Stoffer uh-huh. this summer. He ended up calling the guy that's doing some uh, color in the NHL. And he totally remembered it and said that, that the other guy was his um, 
But that the color commentator was not one of the he two was guys not in part of anything. No, he was one of the toughest guys in the league by okay. far, and was one of the toughest guys when he played in the NHL as well. Yeah, but the other guy that did it—that's scary. It, it was was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. So it was obvious to everybody. Okay, this is not from a punch. This is from you can tell when you get punched when you in got the close face to him. Well, when you get punched in the face, there are, you you get tear cuts. Like if you get like a fist will cut you, sure. and it'll be a tear cut, and the doctor or the trainer will go, yeah, that's from a punch. When you get it from a stick or something like that, you'll be able to tell just how because it's finer and whatever. Mm-hmm. This looked like a scalpel. Like oh really? Like a scalpel. Like it was just unreal. Oh man, yeah. that's. I hope I don't get in never trouble. Told me that before, though. Who knows? That guy might be kicking around. He's gonna be waiting for us outside with a, <laughs> a nail gun. Not, yeah, this wasn't funny at all. But I mean, that, well, no, but, but it's a long time ago, and that's like there were crazy things that went on in the in the games. Uh, James texts and he says, "Is it possible for OEG and the Canadian Pro Rodeo Association to come to a men's and Rogers Place will host both events?" after 2018 at different times, of course. Well, very possible. I, I think Perhaps that's what will happen. Perhaps that, ultimately ideal. In two years, I believe that's what will happen once uh, things end at Northlands because the the route they're going to go with the facility there. And at that point, the CPRA will probably wisen up and go, all right, let's let's make a deal here that works for OEG and obviously works for us, which was a deal that, that was in place already before. And if uh, CPR had any brains that they would have taken that deal. And then... They can run the PBR in, like we say, January or something. Well, and you mentioned ticket sales. And, I mean, if if both, uh, if, if, if when they overlap this year and they each get 75% of what they're hoping for, then maybe they can say, look, why, why are we doing this? Yeah. You know, let's both get 100% and space it out and, and, and finally agree. Hey, uh, Kevin, I want to shift gears here yeah. a little bit. Gord Thibodeau, who you and I have both known for a long time, recently became the winningest head coach in Alberta Junior Hockey League history. Quinn Phillips did a great profile uh, on him. You can Google that. It's on the Global website. I had him on the show on Monday. Uh, after I, t- I said to Gord, I said, I know everybody else was talking to you beforehand. I wasn't talking to you beforehand. I didn't want to be the one that if you <laughs> the, lost both the on the weekend. Because he probably, <laughs> Gord cooler me because I've known him for, for 17 years. Yeah. Uh, but I, I asked Gord, and I want to I play this. This was on Monday, and I want to play it for you, Kevin. At the end of the interview, I said, Gord, what advice would you give to, to young coaches? I'd say a couple things. I think, number one, you need to trust yourself. You know, a lot of good young coaches out there second-guess themselves. Trust yourself. Um, understand what you want to bring. And remember, most important people involved in hockey are the players at any level, whether it be NHL, whether it be at initiation. The object is to make those players have fun while they're developing their skill levels. And if you can do that, I don't care what the wins and losses say, you've been a very good coach and that's what those kids will remember and like I said anyone um, that looks at the game of hockey has to remember that this is for the players especially at the minor levels and anything we can do to improve their experience is going to pay off down the road well when you hear something like that you just realize that you understand why he's been so successful Mm -hmm. it's that simple isn't it like in in a nutshell um, one thing I was going to ask you, and would probably take a little research, but how many assistant coaches that have worked under Gord 
in the, I guess he started 23 that's, years that's ago. That's a really good question. But when he started 23 years ago, he was an associate, so your assistant coach, right? Yeah. So he would have been, let's call it a head man for the last 20-some years. So how many assistant coaches over the years have gone on to coach junior or whatever at whatever level? I wouldn't even be, like I know when Lloyd, Danny Hagarth was his assistant yeah. and then became the head coach the next year. And, uh, but then all the other and teams. And Fort Mac, yeah, quite a few. Well, Tom sure. Kecko, obviously. Yeah. So there's two I know. Just the, off the top of your head. So yeah. if you went down the list, went, holy cow. You know, that would be. Yeah, because, I mean, he probably. And, I mean, the the coaching staffs can change quite a bit, mm-hmm. too, with that level where you or you, you have a part-time yeah. coach, and the next time he's the full next year. I, I, I should have asked Gord that. Yeah. Well, he'd have to add him up, too. He probably couldn't count him either. No, I probably couldn't. You probably have to do. It's going to take him a while for sure. Yeah, but Gord, uh, he's an interesting guy, and I know he would uh, just from talking to other people who knew him, and, and because I actually didn't cover Gord's team for very long, I got there right. in March of 2000. They were in the playoffs, and then he left for the St. Albert Saints right. that summer. So I, he was only the coach of the team I covered for a short period of time. But you always saw him as a visitor, and you get to know him. But you know, people who said, you know. Watch Gord. He's all of a sudden late in the season. He's going to change the forecheck, or mm-hmm. he's going to change the neutral zone. And other coaches will be like, "Ah, Gord's team plays this way." And then yeah. playoffs are coming around. And and uh, I know a couple of his ex players said, "You know, Gord, Gord let guy. He 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 was pretty soft on teams first eight ten games of the year. Oh, so you might start six and two, and everybody's yeah. happy, and he's not stepping in. And then you lose a couple, and then it's like, okay." Now we're going to do it my way, boys, right. because uh, I'm letting you. I've been letting you run the show, and uh, so so it's that that's smart, right? I mean, you can't be you can't be the authoritarian guy and the hard ass all the time. And you mentioned Quinn's story, and she was uh, went up to White Court and did uh, the story, the piece with him last Wednesday. Now, I mean, you just heard that clip that he talked about coaching and and how that relates to success and things like that. Well, in that piece, it's what he talks about too is a lot about life, right? Because of all the health problems that he had to go yep. through and all the times that he's fought and battled cancer successfully. And I mean, in this story that we did with him, he said in July, it was about 30 degrees out and he was going through chemo, et cetera. And he, he was like, I don't even know if this is the last one that I can make it. You know, that's how um, straight to the point. And he wanted to tell everyone about how his story was. And you just see, you can tell when a guy is that um, candid in that clip just for what we just heard and that's how successful that he can be as a coach and I think he could be a coach at any level you know well you know well for sure and you know what Kevin it reminds me of uh my my dad was a high school principal for a long time, and I remember he had this little... I don't know if he's probably listening, but I remember he had this little story posted in his office at Grand Trunk High School in mm-hmm. Evansburg about a teacher he knew earlier in his career, and people would ask this other teacher, what do you teach? And he would say, kids. And the person would say, no, no, like science, math. And then dad's point kind of was as he got deeper into his career. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, well, Gord, what do you coach? Well, players people and yes it's a hockey code you have to know hockey and strategy and all that kind of stuff but it's it's a it, like anything else it's it's a people business how do you get the most out of those people how do you teach those people his answer to you could be the same answer if you said i didn't ask Gord Thibodeau this question i asked mike babcock this question i asked todd mccullough those guys are going to give you the same answers what you heard from Gord Thibodeau. right yeah so and that's that- what i mean where you when you have that philosophy ingrained in you and that takes a long time 
for a coach to get you know and he learned from some of the best at u of a and all these other guys have learned from some of the best go back to claire drake etc things like that and that's when you have that um philosophy as a coach to where you want to be and where you are right now and and uh gord thibodeau is a prime example of that He's Kevin Carius from Global Television. I'm Reed Wilkins from 630 Ched. It is Inside Sports. Uh, we'll we'll uh, have a funny story looking back to the uh, great season of the Las Vegas Posse. I want to play that for you, Kevin, because I think you missed it last night. Oh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the CFL schedule, too. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. All right, the Oilers will next play on Saturday when they host the Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago just scores late in the second period to go up 3-2 on Minnesota. Darcy Kemper in net for the Wild tonight. Kevin Carius is in studio. My name is Reed Wilkins at 749. The uh, Eskimos schedule came out. Like Kevin, I wrote a blog saying it finally makes makes sense. Uh, a bonus, no Thursday home games. Friday, Saturday, pretty balanced uh, home and away. Calgary's here twice, so that's all good. Len Rhodes uh, continues. He's the president and CEO of the Eskimos, for people who don't know. Continues to push for an earlier start to the season. I don't think that has much traction at the league level and, quite frankly, at the broadcaster level being... TSN, it might make sense to a lot of people. I, I don't know if that ever is like, going to happen, though. I, but I don't think he's talking like a, a big period of time here. No, a couple of weeks. Two weeks. Even try it for one week, see what happens. You know, start it with one week, and if it's a big problem, then go back. Uh, maybe to do a two week thing right off the hop. Yeah. But try it one week, move everything, push everything back a week, and start it a week earlier, and then you'd finish, what, probably November 22nd, ballparks? Well, it would make more sense to have it. Or, and, I mean, I think, wasn't wasn't it in 03 when the Eskimos won? The Great Cup, I think, was November 15th. So they did. They would have started it a little earlier that I don't year. think they had the double bye week back then, though. They just did a straight 18-week yeah, season. They, they yeah. didn't have that, and that, that was one of the things. And then that came into play. Because there was you, only eight teams, right, so you didn't so, have to so do that. you didn't them, have yeah. to do that. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm okay with it. I, I, I wouldn't mind it, but I know so many, there's so much more interest after Labor Day, and if they have a full half the season after Labor Day, you know, I, I, I understand what, what they're saying. I mean, people watching in the summer, maybe they don't watch as often, all that kind of I stuff. I mean, it's a simple formula. Check out everyone's attendance, uh, you know, in cold weather games after September 30th. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the scary part, right? If it's you know. cold, then... There I mean, we that. Uh, I mean, the Eskimos have had playoff games here that have been poorly attended just because well, of the te- weather, temperatures, and, and, and the other thing too. Reed, let's. I mean, the times have changed in the sense where I'll watch it on my 4K TV in the comfort of my. Well, that's a total uh, other thing. And, 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 and to be fair, they the do have thing right now. They do have a good broadcasting it's the deal. The biggest I mean, thing right now. TSN's basically paying yeah. all the salaries. Well, sure they are. So, and you know what? And as we, I think you and I touched on this in one of our conversations last year, the NFL. Uh, viewership and attendance actually dropped a little bit this year, mm-hmm. which was curious. And I, did I tell you that story, the, the article in Sports Illustrated, where a guy who owns a sports bar said five years ago, everybody's watching the game, cheering along. Now they come to the sports bar, so he's still selling the beer and the chips, but they're all watching on their phone. And they're Here watching Twitter, fantasy football, watching their too, fantasy yeah, and team. fantasy teams, yeah. Yeah. The games are too long. Yeah. NFL has that problem, I think, worse than the CFL. we got Sean quickly on the line here. Sean, you're on with Reed and Kevin. 
Hey, Reid. Hi, Kevin. How's it going? Uh, I, ju- I just want to talk about Len's idea for moving the schedule back. And I think he's got a great idea. I mean, like, like when we look at it, what are the cities that really support the CFL? Well, they're, they're in the cold and they're in the West. So why don't we do that? Like, like have, have the games in Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and Calgary. I mean, Winnipeg. Let it be cold. Let's warm it up a bit. So you'd you'd be fine uh, going to a game in, in June, June when the Stanley Cup Finals on TV. Yeah, but that's only it's only one week. Here. Uh, yeah, absolutely, it would because yeah. sports fans, hockey fans, yeah. football fans are going to watch them both. I mean, you can do it nowadays. You can TVR or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it, maybe Kevin's right. Maybe they do it for just one do it, year, pull it back one week. week for a year, see what happens, uh, see what happens in June with NHL, yeah. etc. Yeah, why not? Give it a shot. Yeah, Sean, yeah, what do you I've, I've, uh, what do you think about free agency next week? Who are you worried the Eskimos White might lose? Ojo, Batiste, Howard, Howard. <laughs> yeah, you like Howard, eh? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for calling, buddy. Okay, take Howard. care. Howard. <laughs> uh, I'm most concerned about Ojo. I'm, I think they might let Howard yeah. walk. Depends on injuries. what the offer is, right? Well, it depends. And, and you're who right, they, injuries. He, has, he hasn't been a totally uh, healthy guy for since he got here, really. Uh, all right, we got about three minutes. Like, we're, I'll, I'll leave, our, I'll leave our, our mics open for this. So okay. Jeff Reinbold, he's now the defensive coordinator for the Tiger Cats. He's been on their staff for a few years. Just had him on last night. He's very outgoing. He worked for the Las Vegas Posse in 1994, the one year they were in the CFL. So I'll just let this go, Kevin. I'll leave our mics on. Yeah, it was actually an amazing story because with about six or eight weeks to go, the team went belly up. And we went from, we had had an owner named Nick Maletti who, um, I mean, Nick was, Nick was, Nick was Nick, and he had, we went from having I don't know four million dollars in the bank to be bankrupt in August. So we, we two couple things happened that year that I will never forget. Was number one, where we fly to Ottawa to play a game, and the morning after, because you, you don't fly at that time, you certainly didn't fly charter, you fly commercial. Right. <laughs> we, so the next morning, we're getting on an Air Canada flight to go back from. Ottawa to Vegas, and we start to taxi. I swear to God, this is a true story. We actually pull out from the from the uh, hang, whatever that thing is, the hangar or whatever you call it, and we're starting to taxi down the tarmac, and the plane shuts down. And so we're thinking it's some sort of, <laughs> some sort of mechanical error or something. And all of a sudden, word starts drifting back that. The credit card that the posse had used, that Nick had used to pay for the flight back, and bounced. And so the team, the team was stuck on the tarmac, and the league had to step in and, and cover the flight to get us home. And that's when we knew we were in trouble. And then after that, we would, I, again, these are these are stories I'm gonna write a book one day. But we would have a scouting report from one opponent, and then flip it over the next week and and mimeograph on the other side the next week's opponent because there didn't have any paper left. Oh, my. And it just went, it went downhill from there. Right, and then, that's, you get the gist of oh, that, Kev. So, now, is that, <laughs> they were out of paper. 
Is uh, is that where it was? It L.A. or was it Sacramento? Where the guy Sacramento sang, had the team. Uh, no, no, that sang the guy sang Oh Canada. Oh, no, that was Vegas. That was Vegas. The guy sang yeah, the anthem that way. Yeah, to Old Christmas. Tree. I thought you'd enjoy yeah. that. Oh yeah, well, was, I mean, I didn't know been a character in the league for a long time. <laughs> the plane wouldn't take yeah. off. Surprising me. Kevin, thanks for coming in. Are you yeah. here next Wednesday? Yes, we do. We'll have you next Wednesday. Also, thanks to Brett Holmberg from the Fort Saskatchewan Chiefs, Bryce Williamson from the Stony Plain Eagles, Pro Bull Rider Aaron Roy, Jason Moss, all on the show tonight. Quick uh, scoreboard update here. 3-2 Chicago leading Minnesota after two. That's the only game in the NHL. Scoreless Oil Kings and Swift Current after one. Raptors up on Minnesota 90-85 with uh, nine minutes left. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Hey, it's going to be fun tomorrow. John Short in studio and country music star Gord Bamford on Inside Sports. That's going to be fun. My name is Reed Wilkins. On behalf of Kevin Carius, have a great evening. Charles Adler tonight is next. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.